Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. It's our Southridge member podcast, helping people get the inside scoops on life in our church. And uh, we're still kind of in this spirit of interruption, continuing on in uh, at least a few weekly podcasts that are specifically digging in to how we're responding to the COVID-19 crisis here at Southridge. And uh, so today I've got our uh, family ministry pastor, Carrie Jones. Carrie, say hi to everybody. Hello. And uh, let's concede again that this is a modified format. Both of us are working remotely. And so uh, I know there's some audio challenges and whatever. So appreciate the extra grace required by everyone. Um, Carrie, just give us a bit of a picture of what it looks like for you to be doing the whole work from home thing. Yeah. Um, so I have, I have three kids and my husband, Steve is also home right now. And so we have a full house and at the same time, I would say, because my kids are older, you know, they don't really emerge until the later hours of the morning. And so my house is often very quiet in the mornings um, and tends to come to life in the mid to late afternoon and evening. So it's actually been okay working from home. Um, I already have a little bit of a office desk area set up in my bedroom. And so I've just made that, you know, as accommodating and, and as uh, work-friendly as I can. And, and for the most part, it works. I will say Beth, who's in grade seven, she is now um, participating in online schooling every morning at 10. And so that's actually been great because it gives her some structure and gets her up and at it in the morning. But, but generally my house is um, full and yet there are some, some quiet moments different from parents that have young kids. Let's yeah, just say absolutely. That. So, so basically, <laughs> so long as, Steve is an early riser and you uh-huh. can get at your home office in your bedroom before yes. the rest of your kids wake up. You're, you're having a productive day. Yes. I kick Steve out and I move two feet from my bed to my desk. That's pretty much how it works. That's pretty much how it rolls. Well, that's uh, cool. That's how it rolls. So yeah, it's, it's good. Good, good. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've talked to a few of our uh, lead team members about this. It, it, at this point, it seems like forever ago, when we first started hearing that this was actually going to be a thing. And uh, all of a sudden, I remember almost overnight, uh, things started changing real fast. And I'm just wondering if you can kind of remember back that far, when was it in your life or in your world that you sensed things were about to rapidly and, and drastically change? Yeah, it's so interesting because um, so much has happened in the last number of weeks. But I can remember that week when things really began to unravel quite distinctly. Um, I remember on the Monday we had Brave Girls and it was um, just kind of life as normal. Tuesday we had a staff meeting and none of this was even on our radar on that on that day of the staff meeting. It was really the Thursday of that week. I think you left for Guatemala on the Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got in Wednesday yeah, it would have been the Thursday that really all of the cancellations began to happen. And um, my phone was just, you know, lighting up with texts from people and updates and holy cow, and what's happening and going to bed that night. And I posted on my Instagram um, something I had stolen or borrowed off of somebody else. But it, it was a quote that said something like, what a year today has been. Uh, just because so much happens on that Thursday and really, yeah, kind of life just changed and 
nothing was ever the same after that. So that Thursday before going into the March break was really when, um, when I started to realize just, well, what was happening. Right. And uh, if you can kind of remember back to that Thursday or even just the, the, mm. the time around it, at a, just a purely personal level, how were you mm. feeling as this was all happening? Yeah, I mean, I was feeling all kinds of things. At that point, I had a, a daughter who was actually in Florida. She had left on the Tuesday before any of this happened. So obviously, personally, we were kind of like wondering, what does this mean for her? Um, and I think even though things were rapidly changing and cancellations were happening and there was already, I don't know if school had been canceled yet, or not canceled, but put on hold, or if we just knew that was a possibility, Um I don't think anything really had prepared me yet just for what exactly was about to emerge in the weeks ahead. And so it was kind of happening quickly and yet little by little. So I think personally, I was just watching to see how it all unfolded and kind of like uh, where things would, would land. If you think about like one of those, um, you know, at Christmas time, you have those shaker globes you just kind of feel like you're in a storm and you're just waiting for everything to settle so you can see the picture a bit more clearly. And I, I felt a bit like that. Um, and obviously we're still in that and figuring out where everything is landing. But in those early days, yeah, I don't think I realized exactly um, what this was going to mean initially for our, our church and our world. Hmm. Um, as you were in the middle of waiting, waiting for that shaker globe to settle, um, mm -hmm. You know, can you remember anything that you were feeling or processing specifically from a faith perspective? What was your, your sort of whole faith view on all this? Yeah, it's funny. In moments of crisis, I tend to go really quiet and really deep. And so that's kind of, that's kind of the, the route I took. And so I, I just found in those early days, and even still, my need for prayer, my need for silence, my need to really connect with God, my need to listen, to be, to be still just deepened. Um, you know, the verses that would have kept coming to me and would have been a, a bit of a, um, a guide for me in those early days. And even especially now would have been, um, Psalm 46, 10, be still and know that I'm God. Um, perfect love casts out fear. So I would have felt for sure frazzled, but also, I don't know, like, I knew that, I, I knew that our church was going to be okay, just because of how we were structured. I knew that we would definitely make the curve. And I, I was in many ways, just trusting God moment by moment. I will say what this pandemic has done for me, and I think it's true for a lot of people, it, it's really made our priorities very clear and simplified life in a lot of ways. Um, you know, all of a sudden, you're just aware very, very quickly of the things that absolutely matter and the things that absolutely don't. And so... Yeah, it's definitely had that crystallizing effect for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you, you know, you mentioned processing this uh, from the perspective of Southridge. Uh, as a church leader... I know mm -hmm. you're, you're experiencing this personally and as a mom and you've got a kid in Florida and you know, you're feeling all these things. Uh, but when you put the church leader hat on, can you remember back and uh, kind of walk us through what were some of the uh, initial things that you were considering or, or feeling at that time? 
Yeah, I definitely knew instinctively that it was an opportunity to pivot. It was an opportunity to lean in and be the church like never before. And so, um, you know, at first, um, I will talk about family ministry. Yeah, I guess just as far as the the church as a whole, I, I, I think I can speak for all of us when I say we, our number one desire was how can we be the church like never before? How can we serve and love our people and connect them to Jesus in a way that is really meaningful right now? And so it was really a time of adapting. Yeah, and I would say that, uh, you know, as, as a gut, gut initial reaction, that was probably some of our very preliminary conversation is, is this a shrink back moment or is uh-huh. this a rise up yeah. moment? And uh, yeah. I, I certainly feel like the collective spirit uh, among our group anyways was, hey, this is a rise up moment and mm-hmm. people need Christ, uh, yeah. arguably like never before for so many different reasons that mm-hmm. uh, as a church, we want to be there for people in a way that maybe they've never uh, had the opportunity to access. Definitely, definitely a time of incredible opportunity. Um, I, I know that, you know, even in those early days, we were leveraging technology like crazy to try to have preliminary meetings and group texts and whatever as a, as a leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember <laughs> back as to like any kind of initial anchoring values that emerged when it came to how we wanted to see Southridge move forward? Yeah, I mean, the things that we've talked about a lot and I've talked about with my department uh, would be these three words, simple, frequent, and personal. So uh, just keeping things as simple as possible, connecting with people in a way that is frequent and and making ministry very, very personal, which... um, of course, there was tremendous opportunity to lean in and be the church like never before. And yet our church has always been about um, relationships and about living missionally and about loving God and loving people. And so we've never been dependent on the Sunday morning experience, even though it's super important. And so in a lot of ways, I feel like our church has been able to really lean into this opportunity. Yeah, I, I mean, a, a lifestyle-based mm-hmm. missional church is a lot less reliant on programs mm-hmm. uh, and a lot less reliant on certain programs. Definitely. So that was, you know, we, we called it, we called it leaning into our simple church model. He says, you know, simple being one of those, one of those words. And, uh, if, you know, for a ministry that's trying to foster a lifestyle of full devotion in these three simple ways, and then... Uh, apply that or translate that into age-appropriate ways in your your world and family ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, keeping that simplicity in mind, I think, was was pretty important and has been pretty important to us. Um, let's kind of shift gears and talk a little bit about now family ministry specifically. I know we've heard from some of the other departmental leaders. Um, just in a broad brushstrokes, again, in those early days, what, what did you feel were some of the unique challenges that family ministry specifically was facing? Yeah, so, I mean, our value has always been to partner with parents in raising up kids who love God. And so this was really the, the place where we spent a lot of those early days talking about because we knew that the shifts and the changes that were required of parents right now, I mean, 
as a parent and as somebody who loves and serves parents, none of us were prepared for this. And so our heart really went out to the parents who were navigating changes quickly and navigating changes real time and changes that impacted things like their job, whether they had a job, whether they had to work from home, whether, um, you know, what that meant for their kids schooling, what that meant for helping their kids understand what a pandemic is. And so our, our first um, and really our, our driving value and our thoughts throughout all of this has been how can we partner with parents in disproportionate ways during this season knowing that they need the church more than ever they need jesus more than ever and we really wanted to lean into that, that opportunity and be there for them and what would you say based on just the uniqueness of our ministry and what we're trying to do what would you what would you say uh about our ministry made ministry harder at a time like this yeah, obviously the hardest part was that everything has now moved online. And so relationships that are so important, you're now limited to things like phone calls and text messages and Zoom chats. And so that would have been the hardest part. And yet that was exactly where we needed to lean in. And that's been where much of the connection, much of the gift, much of the opportunity really has been. Yeah, and such a relationally based ministry again, not not yeah. relying exclusively on the program, maintaining those relational connections and even upping those relational connections both with kids and students and with parents. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is kind of the challenge when it comes to ministry, but certainly the challenge when it comes to family ministry. Absolutely. Um we've talked in podcasts before. I hope that all of our uh, listeners are uh, familiar with kind of the overarching kind of structure the buckets of family ministry. So I just want to press into some of them specifically and talk about how they've made that, you called it the pivot, how they've shifted into this kind of COVID-19 modified format. Uh, So let's start with kids ministry. Obviously, one of the biggest shifts has been how to connect with kids and parents of young kids. You know, in absence of gathering on Sundays for preschool and MS programs, how have you imagined or been able to serve families of young children? Yeah, so I mean, one of the things we've wanted to do is to create some normalcy for kids. And so in the same way that our Sunday morning services are now all available online, we've moved all of our Sunday morning kids program online as well, with the exception, of course, of nursery. <laughs> um, but our, our preschool lessons, our preschool music, our preschool take-home sheets, our MS music lessons, um, an activity, our riot lessons, all of that has been moved online. And so in that sense, when we talk about, you know, one of our overarching values in family ministry is the zero to 18 discipleship, uh, you know, plan that we have, we've been able to just continue as normal and not really skipping a B. And so all of that has been moved online. And, um, I mean, the hope and what we're hearing is that parents are really appreciating that and parents are actually in some ways beginning to even get a bit of a window into what their kids have been learning all along in Riot, in MS, in preschool and get a sense for, you know, what's the curriculum? What are the themes? What does this look like? Oh, this is what my kid does on a Sunday morning. And so that's kind of you know, in the midst of something that's quite difficult, that's been a neat opportunity. Well, because it assumes, you know, I was going to ask this question. It assumes that 
especially with the younger kids, that the parent kind of has to be involved in facilitating the online experience. It's not like you can send them upstairs while you're no. taking in the 10 a.m. service and they're going to go to their kids program. There's no kids program. There are, there are the resources <laughs> online that a parent yeah. can access, but it's almost like the, the spiritual equivalent of homeschooling. Yeah, and I've gotten some texts and messages even just this week um, from parents in our violent community who have said how much their kids in preschool and MS have been loving the material online, loving the worship, fully engaging. Um, you know, we have these God cards that are online that you use one a day. And I, I heard from a mom just this morning who's using that as part of her homeschool routine, starting the day with this devotional. And um, yeah, so I mean, there are, again, not ideal, but there are some neat opportunities in a season where we are really wanting to pivot and serve families. And so, so far, I mean, a month or so in, what are you, what are you finding is the greatest challenge with parents, especially parents of younger kids? I can imagine that's difficult. Yeah, we actually ran a parenting event last night on Zoom. And so we were able to, to hear from parents real time as to some of what those challenges are. are. And they're really, they're really pretty they're pretty diverse. Um, on the one hand, I mean, part of the challenge for moms, depending or regardless of what age your kids are, is it just you can't leave your house and you can't really get a break from your kids, you know? Um, and so that, that's part of the challenge is just finding time for yourself. The other part of the challenge is helping young kids understand why they can't visit their grandparents, why they can't see their friends, and helping them understand that in age-appropriate ways, not wanting them to be anxious, but also wanting them to understand a little bit about what's going on in the world. Homeschooling, um, you know, we're now moving all, we've moved all of our education online, and so kids are in touch with their teachers, and so I have a daughter in grade seven, and she's super independent, and every day at 10 o'clock, she has a a call with her teacher in her class and she does her homework independently. But, you know, as I heard last night from parents of young kids, that's harder because you're actually doing the work with them. And for some kids, they've never typed on a computer before. They're just learning to write. And so there's, there's those kinds of challenges, not to mention, I mean, anxiety is just at an absolute high right now. Um, if you think about things you know that we used to take for granted like grocery shopping grocery shopping is now a three or four hour event and you come home from something like that and you're stressed out and you need to clorox all of your groceries and like all of these things are just added stresses um for parents and on days when you can't get outside you know you're cooped up inside the house so there are definitely real challenges for parents and that's for parents who are at home, there's also this whole other group of parents who are essential workers and they have completely different challenges because some parents, life has really slowed down and they're at home with their kids and things have become really simple and really limited and there's all kinds of things they're letting go of. But then there's this whole other group of parents that are um, on the front lines and they're working harder than ever. Um, one thing that I I know you guys have really tried to move on specifically with with uh, kids ministry and even even young kids, uh, toddler age kids, is to leverage a greater degree of connectivity with their life group mm -hmm. leader. Talk about how that's going. Yeah, so this has been so interesting because um, I mean the very first thing we did was we activated our small group leaders, um, and so. That was actually pretty natural to do in Riot and Current because our Riot and Current kids 
are all connected to a consistent leader that they meet with on a regular basis. In MMS, um, we have consistent leaders, but really their contact is just Sunday mornings. And even that contact with um, the kids is great, but it wasn't always necessarily a contact that they had with parents because things on a Sunday morning are just so busy and parents are you know, going to pick up kids in different environments. And so sometimes parents would know who their kid's small group leader was, but other times they weren't really sure or you know, they might know their first name but not know much about them. And so what we've really done is we've activated our MNS um, small group leaders to reach out with the kids on a consistent basis each week. So again, simple, personal, and frequent to connect with the kids and let them know, hey, I miss you. I'm thinking of you. I'm praying for you. How are you? Are you checking out the lesson on Sunday? Because I'm checking out the lesson. Maybe ask them some questions about the lesson. Share a little bit about their journey, what life is like for them. And so there's different ways that small group leaders across all three locations have been doing this. Um, sometimes it's through an email. Sometimes it's through a video they've created and sent out to the groups. Sometimes it's through activating them to, to consider how they can serve in the community. But the cool thing about it is that the small group leaders are really stepping up and really being creative in how to reach out to the kids. And um, we're hearing all kinds of feedback from parents, just how much they appreciate that, how much they appreciate knowing that another adult is really rooting for their kid and thinking of their kid, praying for their kid. Just means a lot. Yeah, it's one of the best ways that we can support parents. Yeah, especially in such a, a relationally disconnected era that we're in right now. Um, let's shift gears and talk about student ministry for a moment, junior sure. high and, and senior high. Uh, I'm sure at some level it's been easier uh, to stay connected with students who are more tech savvy. Um, describe for us how Riot and Current are working these days. Yeah, Riot and Current has probably been the most seamless, I would say, um, because as you mentioned, it is a group of, of youth that are very tech savvy. And so especially, you know, when you think of Current, these are groups of kids that have all kinds of group chats going on all the time with their leaders and their kids or their um, their fellow youth. And so that's continued as normal. And really, like so much of um, our church, so much of life, it's moved online to Zoom. And so small groups are still happening. Current small groups are happening over Zoom. Current large group events are happening over Zoom. And Riot, um, which previously happened every Sunday morning and then every other um, Thursday, because of the um, demand of the kids, the kids have actually requested this, Riot has moved, to, um, has moved to a weekly basis. And so Riot is happening every Thursday night. And that's been just um, really great and really meaningful for those kids. I mean, there's just been so many cool stories. I know here in Vineland, we had two small groups in Riot that didn't have a small group leader just because of um, just a, a series of events. And, and we were really activating um, everything we could to try to find these kids a small group leader, praying and talking to all kinds of people. And then all of a sudden this happened and we were like, these kids absolutely need a small group leader. And so we reached out to two people, um, one guy and one girl and said, hey, listen, would you step in and help us out and just, or not help us out, help these kids out and serve God in this way and be a small group leader to these kids that have never needed a small group leader more. And they both jumped in, 
wholeheartedly with both feet. And that's just been a real gift. My daughter is actually um, benefiting from that real time. So there's been some some cool stories of how it's impacting the kids, but also how it's impacting the leaders. Yeah, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you walk through a few of the real concrete challenges that parents of uh, younger kids face. Uh, anything you want to say as far as partnering with parents uh, with kids at this stage? What kind of support are you finding that parents of teenagers are needing these days? Or maybe yeah, the teenagers parents- themselves? Sure. I think the biggest thing teenagers are needing right now is to process all that they're feeling. Um, I mean, one of the things that we've been talking about a lot in our department right now is just about this sense of collective grief. And what I mean by that is all of us are are experiencing to some degree or another um, a sense of loss, whether it's a loss of our routine, a loss of our independence, a loss of getting together with people we care about. Uh, maybe it's a loss of income. Uh, you know, kids in high school right now, most of them aren't able to work. Some kids are losing their, um, you know, year-end trip or graduation. Doesn't They don't know what that's going to look like this year. And so kids are just needing a place where they can really process all of this collective um, grief as well as... Um, just what they're feeling and how this is impacting them. And I mean, I think for for youth and for this generation as a whole, this pandemic is really going to mark and shape them. And so there are tremendous opportunities for them to also find the gifts in this season and to to see how interconnected they really are to people they don't even know, how much they belong to each other, how much they're staying home and the sacrifices that they're making by doing that is making a difference um, in their community and around the world. And so there's some big things happening in our, in our youth. And again, by our small group leaders reaching out to the kids, they're able to support the parents in, in shouldering some of that. Very cool. Uh, I know that in addition to kids and student ministry, you know, one of the buckets in family ministry is the world. We call it marriage and parenting. So, Mm -hmm. you know, as we wrap up just a, a few popcorn questions here, Um, like from a, from a marriage and parenting perspective, like are people getting married these days? Are weddings happening? What does premarital preparation look like? Talk about that. Yeah. So it's interesting. We actually had a before forever premarital course at the end of February. So that still went on as normal. That was, you know, back when we didn't really know how life was going to be in March and April. And so there were four couples that went through that process. And um, yeah, I think, you know, there's one couple right now I know of that had a wedding planned in May and they postponed it. Um, We have another before forever coming up in June and and we're just holding that loosely trying to figure out what that will look like. Will that be um, a weekend that takes place online? Will that be something we postpone? We're um, figuring that out real time. You talk about that Thursday when... You know, everything, a whole year's worth of activity happened in that day. Two days later, you officiated a wedding. I did. That right? Was my first that wedding. first weekend, yeah. in uh, the March break weekend, and thinking like, wow, you could still do wedding. You could still have weddings back then. And uh, yeah, so wild how, how much things have changed in that in that regard. Um, so wild. From a, from a parenting perspective, I know that you're trying to do a few things right now as far as workshops and groups. Can you, can you talk yeah. about uh, some of the specific challenges or opportunities to equip parents in the 
COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, I think like a lot of our, our staff, we're, we're really wanting to be as creative as we can and lean into the opportunities. And so there's a few things that we've been doing. Um, we've really upped our game on social media and we've been doing these weekly and sometimes even twice a week uh, video check-ins where we just talk about real issues with parents. And just some words of encouragement, some um, just ways of letting parents know essentially that they are not alone and we're in this with them. Uh, we've also created a Google Doc and it's available online. Um, when you go onto southridgechurch.ca and you see your online services, right below that, you have to scroll down, you will see everything that's available for kids. And so that's all of our Sunday morning content, but there's also uh, a link there that has at-home at activities for kids. And so that's um, a Google Doc that's always being updated. And on there, we have podcast resources and we have, you know, articles about how to talk to your kids about COVID and we have ideas about homeschooling and creative um, things you can do at home with your kids and how to take care of yourself as a parent. And so that's a great place to, to check in if you need just some fresh uh, ideas, fresh inspiration. We also, last night, we hosted on Zoom a parenting event. So last fall, we, um, we hosted a parenting through the phases of life events, and that was really, really well received and um, gave us a real indication that parents in our community are just eager to partner with the church. And so given the fact that we're now going through something very unique, um, we had an online event last night called Parenting Through COVID, and that was just a really, really meaningful time to connect with parents in, in this season and um, just even share with each other things that are hard, things that are going well, and how we can support each other and be the church to each other. And um, coming out of that, we actually have a six-week study that's also, it's um, parenting through the phases. It's six different weeks. It starts um, next week. I'm not sure exactly what day this podcast is airing, but it's going to be on Tuesday nights, this parenting course. And really cool thing about that is my whole team is leading it with me. And we start together, we, we watch a video, there's some curriculum, and then we go into breakout groups. And so the breakout groups are all groups where you will connect with other parents who have kids in the same stage of life as you and be able to talk about things that are just really practical and really relevant to the stage of life where you are um, currently at. So those so, are a few of the ways. Yeah, yeah, one group, and then it breaks out into phases. The other thing you had mentioned privately I don't know if this is still real, but you guys were entertaining putting a kind of a COVID specific uh, four week podcast together oh, yeah, for families. Yeah. So talk about yeah. that a little bit. Yeah. So again, this is just, you know, coming out of conversations that my team is having. I mean, part of it is what we're going through real time ourselves. And part of it is, is through talking to our friends and our family members and our, um, our in, you know, sphere of influence, just as far as what people are feeling and so wanting to get as many tools into the hands of parents as we can, we're creating a four-week podcast called Parenting Through COVID, and I'm actually recording my first episode this week, and it's with a friend of mine that I've met uh, just through different family ministry connections, and he is actually um, a pastor in Florida. His name's Will Hutcherson, and he's going to be talking about anxiety. That's really his area of specialty, and how to help kids um, cope with their anxiety whether they're, you know, uh, elementary school age, middle school age, or high school, and how to give them the tools that they need, need to really move through all that they're feeling and find hope. And so it's going to be 
super practical and just, yeah, really looking forward to that. Awesome. Um, wrapping up any, any final encouragements or challenges, something that we missed maybe, uh, that you can share with our members when it comes specifically to supporting parents and families with kids in this unprecedented time of crisis. Yeah. Oh gosh. Where do I even start? There's a few things. I mean, the first thing I would say is that, as I mentioned, our small group leaders are really rising up. And this is something that we've always really dreamed of and wanted for our small group leaders is for them to be the, the absolute heroes of our kids' ministry. Because as, as, as important as the large group leader is, as important as the music leader is, you know, the AV person, all super important roles, it's the small group leader that really gets to know their kids. And it's the small group leader that really has the opportunity to pour into their kid in a way that um, just leaves an incredible difference in their in their life. And so um, as much as we're really um, grateful for the ways that our, our small group leaders are rising up and loving that, I, I think we would just want to encourage, you know, on behalf of my team, we would want to encourage the church as a whole right now just to have parents on their heart and mind, to be praying for the parents in our community with all that they are navigating and to be praying for the next generation. As, as I mentioned, you know, this pandemic really is going to shape them and, and kids are already thinking, you know, on the other side of this, how are we going to be different? What are we going to leave behind? What are we going to take with us? And how are we going to live differently as a result of all that we've just seen and all that we've been through. And so I think for our community, just to rally around parents and kids right now, um, whether you serve in kids ministry or not, to be an advocate, to be someone who prays is just really, really important. Um, And if I were to speak to parents just for a a brief moment, I would want them to know that they're not alone. Um, I mean, the, the thing that really came up last night in this parenting event was how weary we're feeling as parents, which is so ironic because we're doing less than ever in a lot of ways. So much of life has slowed down and yet there's this collective sense of weariness and it's not a weariness that comes from doing too much or too little. It's really a weariness that comes from having to adjust to so many changes and to help our kids adjust to so many changes. And so I would just want to normalize that. I'd want to encourage parents to be kind to themselves to um, to reach out and connect with each other and to um, help our kids process what they're feeling because for a lot of kids, you know, this is a lot for them to take in. It's a lot for them to process the losses that they're experiencing. And for those of us who are at home with our kids right now, I mean, many of us are working and, and having to be really creative about what home life looks like. And we're also navigating fear and anxiety and uncertainty for sure. And at the same time, I think there's incredible opportunities right now for us to connect with our kids um, while we're all home together under the same roof. I know I'm finding that in my home. And of course, there are challenges, but there are also, you know, real, real beautiful moments to connect with our kids. And so that would be my encouragement to parents. And um, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, super awesome to hear what God's doing in our family ministry. Really, uh, great. Just to, even as I'm listening to celebrate the fact that uh, the opportunity that we have to be a spiritual family and to rally mm-hmm. around each other and to not journey through this crisis alone. So I hope mm-hmm. those of you who've been listening are encouraged and, uh, will take, 
uh, Carrie's encouragements and challenges to heart. Uh, thanks, Carrie, for joining us. And thanks to all of you for joining us again. And uh, we'll see you next week as we continue, even in these unprecedented times, finding our way together. Take care, everyone. Mm-hmm.